never say die! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 252 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And if the Evil Dead movies have taught me one thing, it's that the human hand has way more blood in it than I thought, ever thought. The human body? <laughs> There's, there are some volume questions I have about some of those scenes. It, 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 the house was possessed. There are lots of questions I have about a lot of the scenes. <laughs> I hope to God you didn't think this was like a documentary, Pat. Oh, I, I was far from that. But we'll get to that. Yes. So this week, we watched Evil Dead 2 versus Ash versus the Evil Dead. And it's not a three-way tag versus, team match. Versus Mothra versus... Though I would watch that. If you, you like three-way tag teams, and who doesn't, <laughs> you might enjoy the shows on the Podcast Collective, such as On the Block, The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, the internet with Scott the Pool Boy, and of course the Rad Dad Radio Hour. It's killing me that I can't think of Jodie Foster's character name in The Accused because that was going to be my answer. He does it like three ways. Yikes! I was but, trying to think of the special guest speaker shit, at uh, Gen Con, but okay. Oh my wow. god! Oh, we're here already. Yep. <laughs> is this our first show post Gen Con? This, this I don't is. even shoes. 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 No, shoes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. this is 252. That's right. I, I, it's up at the top of the show notes that I'm looking at. Math is hard. <laughs> it's not even really math. It's just pretty much counting. Yeah, I didn't even have to scroll up. It was right on the screen in front of me. <laughs> this is the quality shit you guys are coming for. Got that right here. Uh, and in Josh's yard. So, yeah, if you're looking for our... <laughs> Jeez, looking for our older stuff. iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, and one rogue video cast on uh, Twitch. 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 Yes, Twitch. If one, 250 is on Twitch. For, Ruby. Yes, look up uh, Doc Stout, because YouTube sucks. Okay, no uh, man. I know, right? Copyright and bullshit. So, uh,. Yeah, in the meantime, if you want to give us a call, it's 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. That's Has us. Has anyone done so? Yeah, are there any voicemails? It's been a while. Yeah. That doesn't answer the question. I mean, not not recently, yeah. No, uh, we don't have a voicemail. Oh, well, that's kind of sad. We like hearing from you guys. We do not have voicemail. <laughs> the hell was that? His robot voice? Maybe. <laughs> All right, I'm calling about that time. I think it's about that time, Pat. This week <laughs> in music, movies, and TV. And sports. <laughs> Neat. Um, all right. I like that. I like that. So, yeah. So, this week we are going for March 13th, 1987, the release of Evil Dead 2. Uh, mirror six years after the first one. Yeah, 81. 81, yeah. Yep. So, you guys think you wait wait long for sequels now? Back then, geez. <laughs> and it was 91, I think, when Evil Dead or Army of Darkness came out, and 2014 when the remake hit. So. Yeah. Well, they got a good rhythm going every decade. There you go. So. Rhythm method always works. Always. Good ask old. Any, ask any kid out there. <laughs> hey, it's my preferred choice method thing. Anyway, so music. Uh, <laughs> March 9th in Columbus, Ohio, Lil Bow Wow, known then as Shad Gregory Moss, was born. He is an American rapper, an actor, and kid with a stupid name. Not not Shad, but Lil Bow Wow. Oh, that's not all that great either. 
Shad. And his buddy, Meshack and Abendigo. <laughs> They're friends. Uh, okay, that sounds, that sounds like they were going to name him Chad, and they sneezed partway. <laughs> Did you get that? What's yeah, his name? Chad. Sorry, I'm allergic. <laughs> Sorry, I have a cold. <laughs> on March 13th, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Nice. That's how little there was to talk about this week. Yep. Bob I love Seger. Bob Seger, but I mean, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is not, it's right. not plea-worthy usually. No. You can buy your way in. Yep. Everybody does. Yep. I don't think people always realize that, but... It's like the Better Business Bureau. Sorry. Wait. I, I went down a weird road with that one. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I don't know what that <laughs> <was>. yeah. <clears throat> We're on a list now. Um, also on March 13th, Brian Adams. Acronym of the week, H-O-T-N. I'm pretty sure that's hating on these nuts. <laughs> Brian Adams' brief foray into gangster rap. It's also a nickname for my week. So, Brian Adams, hold on. Heat of the Night became the first single to be commercially released on cassette, a format later to be known as Casingles. Which we have discussed at length a couple times. You guys are obsessed with Casingles. Oh, man, I, I had a, like, like a, a literally a traveling case full of them for all my DJing needs. They're per, they're perfect for DJing. I mean, if if they made CDs like that, they, they would be perfect. Mean well. CDs with just one song on them. They yeah. did. Yeah, you can you can do that. No, they did. There was a there is such a thing as a CD single. Oh yeah, it was those little bitty CDs, wasn't it? No, no, like an actual like regular CD that had either one or two. Th- usually, it had a couple of extra tracks on it, so two or three. Well, then that's not a single, is it, Joel? Casingles only had two songs, douchebag. So. I know, that's what I'm saying. So any more than two is not a single. It's right. It's, it's not a, a single anyway. It's a quadruple. <laughs> it's a CD single. A quadruple. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you guys? It's an EP, for the love of God. By <laughs> Combo breaker. <laughs> by five tracks, you're at an EP. Eight and above, you're an album. All right. And finally, the Irish rock band U2 released their solo album, The Joshua Tree, on March 9th. Their solo album? Studio album. <laughs> I did so well until then. Well, the Irish rock band U2 released their <laughs> studio album, The Joshua Tree, on March 9th. There you go. We'll fix that in post. No, we won't. won't. <laughs> All right. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was Lethal Weapon, followed by Heat. No, not the good Heat. The one... Uh, with, uh, what's his face with a mustache? Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck. Oh, really? No, Burt Reynolds. Other mustache. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not the good heat from, uh, with Val Kilmer and like, De Niro. 93, 94, something like that? Yeah, this, this is the other heat that just had a mustache. That's right, I forgot about that. Huh. Maybe if you shaved it, it would have been, like, not as hot heat. Oh, just keep going. It's got oh, a weird, God. uh, cast here. Burt Reynolds, Karen Young, and Peter McNichol. Yeah. As Cyrus Kinnick. Is he the bad guy? The name like Cyrus, he'd have to be. I know. Cyrus Kinnick? It's, that's a bad guy name. I think right. I would have rather had Christy McNichol as the villain. Movies released this week included Evil Dead 2, Tin Men, and Raising Arizona. The good one, not the one with Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a mustache in that one, though. Got any of them balloons in them now? Funny shapes. Tin Men was pretty good. Did you guys ever see it? 
I don't remember that film. I mean, Is that the uh, Ten Man. Danny, Danny DeVito was a car salesman. Yeah, Richard Dreyfuss, Danny DeVito, Barbara Hershey, and John Mahoney. Yeah, it was fun. I have never seen this film. I've never heard of this film. Is that the prequel to Pushing Pin? No, it's a. Uh, it, they're not. They're not car. It, they sell um, aluminum siding. Oh, I just knew they were salesmen, and I just assumed cars. Yeah, no, no, Dude, no. They're, they're aluminum. No, this looks awesome. It, it really is. I mean, it's and it's one of those really weird. Uh, Barry Levinson directed it. Uh, weird, um, weird cast. You know, this but strange time. Yeah. Yeah, this this is going on the list. <clears throat> I think you'll like it. It's worth it's worth at least a one shot watch. I wonder if it's on Netflix. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. All right, so Jim, I've written this film about aluminum siding salesmen. It's going to be good. Yeah, it doesn't really sell itself. Well, they have a car accident. Aluminum siding salesmen that have a car accident. See? That's the hook right there. Ah. I think that should have Danny DeVito in it. He's hot right now. So hot right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's because he has a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) No, he doesn't. No. So TV, Cosby Show, Different World, Cheers, and The Golden Girls. That's the top four. Why? (laughs) Because I it's 1987. It yeah, yeah there's right there's now. no reason to put anything on there, uh, anything past those, because it's the top four. It's pretty much what you watched. There's like there's like six of them, and you can just pick from and pick and choose. As long as the Cosby Show stays there, the other five can change. Don't matter. And uh, on March 8th, the A Team aired its last show after a four-year run. Oh yeah, I deleted the network, but not that we're on. Sorry. Yeah, so. Yeah, I but, mean, at the time, I was really sad, but when we w- went back and rewatched it, I mean, I still kind of like it, but oof. yeah, did not age well. Eight. No. Watching like the A Team, it was it was kind of like, hey, I I enjoyed remembering how much I enjoyed it more than I did actually watching it again. Does that make yeah. any sense? It does. But it makes it, you wonder what our parents were thinking. Something wrong with that boy. Well, it introduced the world to both Mr. T and Dwight Schultz. So there you go. But I mean, if you know, if those if they were watching it at the time, because it was on primetime, it wasn't like it was a kid show necessarily. I mean, it was aimed at a younger demographic, but there were a lot of shows that were on primetime that were kid shows that nobody really wanted to acknowledge, like Knight Rider. HR Puff and stuff. Yes, HR Puff and stuff. 60 minutes. There you go. (laughs) That's that's the secret is Andy Rooney is actually a Muppet. Did you have the Andy Rooney action figure? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, so uh, on March 14th at the 13th People's Choice Awards, Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep won for motion pictures, and Bill Cosby and Sybil Shepard won for TV. Ta-da! And then uh, Bill Baird, the puppeteer for the Jack Parra show, died at 82 years of age on March 18th. Wait, was Jack Parra a puppet? (laughs) That's way funnier than what I was going to (laughs) say. That was good. My whole worldview has changed. (laughs) (laughs) The way the sentence is structured. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So apparently he he was a puppeteer for Charlemagne the Lion, and uh, he was the one who did the puppetry sequence in the film version of The Sound of Music. Well, back then, you know, puppets were a lot more uh, common on the talk shows. Like um, Ed Sullivan had Topo Gijo and, you know, I mean, Soupy Sales had his character, list of characters. I mean, everybody yeah. used puppets, you know, so these are just the guy that did the puppet for the Jack Parr show. I just like that you used Topo Gijo. Topo Gijo. <laughs> I always like the guy. Topo Gijo. I like the guy with the uh, head in, in the box. Shut the door. He's cold. Oh, yeah. What was the, what was the name of the ventriloquist that did that one? Oh, uh, was that Lech Walesha? 
No. Uh, no, Luck Wallace was a Polish politician. It's <laughs> <laughs> a perfectly cromulent guess. Oh, that's going to uh, bother senior, me no, now. Senior Wences. Wences. Yes. yes. Senior okay, Wences. Okay, so that's how I got to Walesa. Okay, it that is a, has a W in it. So, mm-hmm. and I, that, that, at go Google, ventriloquist head in box is what, <laughs> is what I typed in. So there you go. And yeah. nowadays our ventriloquists are Jeff Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> that's the list. That's it's the not racist if a puppet says it. <laughs> that I, Jeff Dunham says, well, hold my beer. <laughs> Although, yeah, I mean, we're talking crap about puppets, but we did just have the Happy Time murders. Yeah, yeah. those, I think, is it out of the, uh, out of looking, the theaters already? I think it just opened. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it just got released. So I, I don't even know if it's doing well. Uh, it looks like IMDb can't agree. It's one of those 6, 7 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what the freaking frack? But uh, yeah, it's not up on Rotten Tomatoes yet. Yeah, this is the one that. It's still pretty new, so. Yeah, Jim Henson. They sued about it, but it was just pretty much like a, hey, just make sure everybody knows we have nothing to do with this type of uh, type of official thing. Official release date August twenty fourth. Okay, it must be a limited release because I could go see it at nine thirty. Hmm. Huh. But full full time release, yeah, next week. Yeah, it must be limited release. So there you go. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a two for it to see that, and uh, we won't you be my neighbor in the same day and just cry all night long. Oh God, glutton for uh, that'd be a rough day. Most of them are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, sports. Wayne Gretzky scored his 1500th NHL point on March 11th. That's a lot of points. Wayne Gretzky has uh, <laughs> NHL scoring records that will never ever be touched, most likely. Wayne Gretzky at his peak was such a force of nature in the NHL that when they, when people would play fantasy hockey leagues, you could draft Wayne Gretzky as his, uh, and use his goals and Wayne Gretzky and use his assists. You couldn't draft him as both. Jeez. Because whoever got the first pick would just pick Wayne Gretzky and then, okay, well league's over. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, when he's got 1500 points in a game that frequently ends at a score of three to one. Yeah, exactly. And that he wasn't done. That was just part during his career. He just, Oh, he hit 1500. Well, the record used to be 1,300, so... <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then on March 12th, in his final college game, Navy's David Robinson scored a career-high 50 points against the University of Michigan in the 1987 NCAA tournament, while also holding UM's starting center completely scoreless. He made 22 of his 37 field goal attempts and chipped in 13 rebounds. Unfortunately, Navy still lost 97-82, to being eliminated in the first round of the tournament. It's a hell of a way to go out, though. And lastly, this week was the last tourney for many test cricket players. As Larry Gomez and Joel Garner both retired, and New Zealand beat West Indies by five wickets in Jeremy Coney's last match. The next day, Sunil Gavaskar ended his test career with an inning of 96 versus Pakistan. As much as I would love to talk about that, I looked up, I went just on curiosity, Wayne Gretzky's lifetime points. Uh-huh. Yes. What is it? 2,856. That's obscene. And what's second? 1,800. 1,800, damn. Eight, well, it, technically, Gordie Howie, 1,850. I don't want to you know, cut him short, but the, with uh, including the playoffs, it's 3,238. Jesus Christ. He had more playoff points than most players have in their career. That's insane. He was good. Yeah. I mean, 
when you're good at something. I mean, I, I went on a- NHL.com and just looked. They literally have a section that just is records Wayne held Gretzky. by Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's not even a surprising. Most 100 or more point seasons, 15. <laughs> most most consecutive 100 or more point seasons, 13. He went 13 seasons in a row were scoring more than 100 points. Jesus, that's insane. And again, we're talking a game that maybe has two. Four, three points, yeah, it could be four. the 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 end could be like four to five. And that's a pretty high scoring game. Yeah, right. Most teams average around two to three goals a game. Yeah, I I, I don't understand. I mean, I I get hockey. I don't know all the rules, but one thing that always amazes amazes me about it is the just what these guys are doing, skating backwards. Yeah, a, right. Yeah, with a stick in your hand, following this little three-inch wide puck, you know. Not it, only are they doing all this stuff, they're doing it on skates. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, football players. You guys are awesome for running short distances, you know, like between between the downs and all that sort of thing. But you're not doing it backwards on ice. So kudos to hockey players for that. Yes. And then fighting while you're on skates. Oh my god, I can't even imagine that. Oh no. How, f- do, you, how do you throw a fist while you're on skates? You learn. Yeah. Especially when you got a blade on each foot. Speaking oh, of, did you ever see? Yeah, did you ever see the video of the the goalie who gets his throat slit? Yes, that's intense. Oh my god! Where the uh, there's a crash, you know, everybody piles piles into the uh, goal, and one of the guys uh, skates literally goes up and slits the goalie's throat. Yeah. And like, there was so much blood that it almost looks like you know CGI comical. Yeah. Because a guy's leaned over on his knees, and suddenly there's just a giant circle of red underneath him. Yeah, and the only reason he survived is because one of the... Um, trainers. Yeah, one of the trainers used to be a combat medic. And he reached in and actually grabbed his artery and pinched it shut. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you should... The, the, there's video out there of the actual game going on, because they're calling the game, and then the announcer's like, holy shit! I mean, he's... Yeah, it's one, it's one of the most famous gruesome sports <clears throat> videos out there that and Theismann's leg Ooh. and now Kevin Ware's leg and a couple yeah there's some some bad ones out there the ear Ooh. Mike Tyson. yeah on that note take us out keyboard Joel no 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 sounds Sorry, wet <laughs> alright so you need a putty knife <laughs> he's gonna by the end of the show Ash Lee J. Williams Actually, uh, threw somebody for a loop when we did instant game show this last year. Yep. Somebody they had to ask who the uh, what was it the questions over the who who is the main hero? No, who lone survivor of uh, horror films? Oh yeah, Ashley J. Williams, and they had absolutely no clue. But if we just said Ash, they would have known it. I bet. So good on you. Were you the one who wrote that one, Josh? No, that was Sarah. That was Sarah. I, I pretty much did all all the new games were written by Sarah except for Chicken on the Egg. Yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't get that question when they when they missed it. I was like, mm. yeah. So, Evil Dead I mean, Two. I didn't know his full name was Ashley. Yep, Ashley Jane. What's his middle name? I'm not asking you, Joel. Huh? James. Giant Jane. What? What's What's the J Jimbo? stand for? Jimothy. <laughs> Jimothy. It's not Jimothy. Uh, it's Jo Joanna. Actually. What? Really? Yes. He, he sounds. Pretty confident about that. Yeah. Oh my God. Why yeah. Looked it up. Ashley Joanna Williams. Yeah. Why has he got two girl names? <laughs> you have to watch the series to find out. No, I'm not going to do that. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I did not like this. His dad was Lee Majors. <laughs> All right. So here we go. At, Evil Dead remember. Two. 
Ashley J. Williams travels to a secluded cabin in the woods with his girlfriend, Linda, where they find a tape recording of a professor and a book of evil. This unleashes a bunch of evil spirits that constantly terrorize Ash. Meanwhile, a journalist comes to the area to study the book of evil. Ash ends up and her end up having to survive the swarm of evil until morning comes. They say evil a lot in the paragraph. Yeah, that was somebody on IMDb. So. Evil. Evil. And taglines. Uh, I don't recall this one. Pleasure, please? <laughs> That's kind of weird. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying I am don't recall yeah, that one. Uh I don't really get how that's a tagline for the movie. What does it have to do with anything? I, that's a thing, but this movie is really kind of strange. Um, kiss Your nope. Nerves Goodbye, Too Terrifying, Too Frightening, Too Much, The Comedy Horror of the of the Decade. Ah, it's a pune. Um, the sequel to The Ultimate Experience in Grueling Terror. So there you go. This is directed by Sam Raimi, who's known for this, along with uh, Spider-Man, uh, the first reboot. How many re- reboots are we on now? Three or two? No, just there was the, the 2014 Fede Alvarez film that he produced, Sam Raimi produced, and then he produced and created and directed the first couple episodes of <laughs> the series. Okay. But he also did um, uh, Oz Great and Powerful that we did for this oh, show. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and Dark Man. Dark Man. Like yep. Dark Man. Uh, but yeah, he was a producer on the 2015 Poltergeist and has something, a TV, new TV series that's just been announced called Noir. And he's the executive producer about two female assassins traveling the world. That's all I know about that. Huh. Uh, yeah. So uh, written by Sam Raimi and Scott Spiegel. Who is a director in his own right. Yes. Uh, who did, produced Hostel. Uh, and he was also fake Shemp in Evil Dead 2 because everybody played multiple uh, parts. Uh, he, well, Sam Raimi loves the Three Stooges, so there's a lot of Three Stooges references. Yes, that explains a lot. Yeah, so I'd uh, be curious. That explains a lot. <laughs> hmm. And Bruce Campbell cast uh, as Ashley Ash J Williams, Sarah Berry as Annie Nobly, Dan Hicks as Jake, Cassie Wesley DePiva as Bobby Joe, Ted Raimi as Possessed Henrietta. I put that in there because. Possessed Henrietta, there's a good story behind that thing. And Denise Bixler as Linda. So yeah, so not a big cast, but there, it did, you know, all took place with a couple of these guys out in the uh, cabin in the woods. Some trivia. Often considered to be the remake of the Evil Dead 1981. However, this is not accurate. The rights to show scenes from the original could not be obtained to recap what had happened, so the beginning was remade to explain how Ash got to the cabin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always labored under that misconception. Yeah, no, it's technically it is a sequel because uh, after the he was trying to get another film off the ground and it wasn't happening. And uh, Stephen King notoriously was quoted as saying it was his favorite horror film of that year and praised it. And so Dino De Laurentiis had seen it, was a fan and was like, here's some money. Go make another one. And so yeah. they made a movie but they're like we killed him in the last one what do we do now so they had to figure out how to keep him alive so they could continue the story and yes they didn't own the rights to the original yeah so stephen king like you said was such a huge fan of the evil dead in 81 that he convinced producer dino de Laurentiis over dinner there you who go. was at the time producing maximum overdrive there is a movie that needs remaking uh to have his production company at deg finance evil dead 2 and then they created a new production company just for Evil Dead. So oh, yeah. 
there you go. That's yeah. <laughs> I was spouting it off. I didn't even see it was in the notes. Yeah, so, yeah. no, 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 that's all right. I think the explanation for the new production company is coming near the end of the trip. Yeah, I got this here. So Rosebud was supposed the supposed film production company was not actually a real institution. Dino De Laurentiis was forbidden to release an unrated movie through his own company, so they created Rosebud specifically for releasing Evil Dead Two. So they nicely sidestepped that whole thing. Uh, most of the film was shot on a set built inside the gymnasium at the J.R. Faison Junior High School in Wadesboro, North Carolina. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, the producers insisted on using different colors of blood to avoid an X rating. This did not help because the MPAA gave him an X rating anyway. The film was ultimately released unrated. It's crazy to me what in the 80s would get you an X that like now this would not be considered tame, but would for sure be R. Yeah, yeah. PG thirteen at the worst. I mean, because there wasn't any, well, there wasn't a lot of swearing in this one too much, was there? No, but I mean, the extreme gore and violence probably would have earned it the R even today. But it wouldn't have been a hard R. There might have been a discussion about could this have been PG thirteen? Right, yeah. if they trimmed it, but I don't think they'd do that. No, <clears throat> the. No. Uh, Sexy, surly Bobby Joe was inspired by Holly Hunter, who was the housemate of Sam Raimi's in the early 80s, along with Joel Cohen and Francis McDormand. And it's funny, because while I was watching it at one point, I did real, I, I did think to myself, you know, she reminds me of Holly Hunter. That's funny. Really? Yeah. True story. There you go. I'm just thinking, I would watch a TV show that followed the antics of Holly Hunter, Sam Raimi, Joel Cohen, and Francis McDormand. <laughs> it's like... TV show about their living together. Yeah, that would be like every time you know, like every time Sam Raimi comes home, he's always covered in blood and you know never <laughs> explains anything type of thing. Hey, buddy, guess what happened today, buddy? There'll be some <laughs> awesome arguments about whose turn it is to do dishes. <laughs> I actually think a slightly dramatized biopic, like there's something there in terms of like that might actually be a good idea. Are the four of them living together? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would be. I mean, just could you imagine the discussion about the movies that they were making? You know, getting I mean, Kate Blanchett to play every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting too. Uh, so uh, this may be what you're talking about, Pat. So one particular incident inspired the character. Hunter was auditioning for the hooker part and was unusually made up and wearing sexy short skirted outfit. She became angry at Raimi when he somewhat leered at her. Uh, Raimi pulled Hunter to play the part, but then producers wanted somebody sexier. Who? Uh, Bridget Fonda played that character in the Army of Darkness, or played. Holly Hunter is sexier than Bridget Fonda. No, but I just, I was. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I, I don't disagree violently enough to argue about it. <laughs> Damn you. I'm just yeah. a big fan of Bridget Fonda. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Holly Hunter. Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. You're a big fan of Jackie Brown? No, he just, he, uh, well, Pam. I, I know, I know. So uh, the, the first question, as always, is this the first viewing for any of us? Can I tell you quickly? I've, I've told this before, but I just wanted to, before you guys get into yours. I saw this movie in the theater. I, I didn't see the first Evil Dead, and this was part of my um, part of one of my Saturdays where I would have my mom drop me off at like you know ten o'clock in the morning uh, at the theater, and then I would just bounce from theater to theater all day. And like this particular day, it was like seven or eight o'clock at night, and I'm sitting in the aisle watching Evil Dead Two, and about halfway through, and suddenly you know my mother is standing right next to me. He's like, "You're coming home right now." <laughs> So I, I saw the first half of this movie in the theater and never saw it again. Oh, until now? Yeah, this is the first time I saw the whole thing. That's kind of cool. That's a great <laughs> addition to this whole show. Yep. So how long was she sitting there? 
Oh no, no, she just she walked up and was like, you know, like like I think you're I think you've been here long enough. It's time to go home and have dinner. Oh, okay. I thought she was like watching the movie. You're like, why the hell do I let him watch this? <laughs> no, it was nothing like that. It just she just walked up to the ticket counter and she's like, my son is in there somewhere. Can I go find him? <laughs> so she got home and put him in front of RoboCop. Watch something wholesome. Um, real quick before we move on, if um, there's a great documentary called Swallowed, Swallowed Souls that uh, covers the entire making of this film that uh, is on the Blu-ray, but probably find it. But if you like the films, you should check it out. It's really, really good. just throwing that out there. Sorry. So no, uh, it's not my first time. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, that's probably only my third time though. This probably my second time. Yeah. Oh. None. Yeah, wow. not, I mean, not a lot. I've watched Army of Darkness much more. Army of Darkness hit a hit a certain note for this for me better That's than this exactly did. Exactly where I'm coming from is uh, Army of Darkness was actually the first in the series that I saw. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, yeah. See, because when I was in high school, um, I was over. Let's see, it was Brian Barrett. I'm sure Matt Brown was there. Um, you knew Barrett too? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I don't know who the hell you're talking about. No. Oh. Barrett. Um, Barrett came up to visit. Um, anyway, there was there was a bunch of us guys were hanging out at Brian's house, and uh, he had rented this, so we watched it in high school. Fell in love with it. Um, became very much a part of our high school. Um, we talked about it a lot and revisited it. And then when Army of Darkness was released in the theaters, we went and saw it in the theaters. So, yeah, this was the one that introduced me to Bruce Campbell and made me fall in love. Aww. My relationship with this series is maybe not as enthusiastic as you guys might imagine. I'm certainly not on Pat's side of the fence, but I'm further away from Joel's than you might think. Yeah, I thought you were another one of them that was nuts about this. No, I really like the character of Ash Williams. I like a lot of the costume and set design and a lot of the world building, but I don't like splatter horror, and I find the Deadites annoying, especially because, like... How they? I, I prefer monster movie uh, movie monsters to have rules that are internally consistent. And the Deadites and the Possession doesn't at all. It's all totally random. And I get that this is slapstick plus splatter gore, so it's mm. actually kind of amazing that I like it at all. Now, see, this was not he, Army of Darkness. I saw it. I liked Ash. I wasn't a hundred percent sold on it until I saw. This is, this is a weird cross cross uh, thing, but when I saw Briscoe County Junior, I love that show, and that just made me fall in love with um, uh, with uh, Bruce Campbell even more. And then I went back and I saw Evil Dead Two, Evil Well One and Two. Evil Dead One I haven't seen probably no more than two times. Evil Dead Three, which I thought was pretty good, but I agree with you, Josh. Is I I like the I, I like the rules and I like the world better in Army of Darkness. Which if you go back and watch the three films as a whole, the original is actually pretty intense. There's no comedy. It's straightforward. It's dark. It's, uh, it's, it's very effective, um, and deserves the credit it gets, but it kind of gets pushed aside because of this one. And this one, of course, they take it to a much more, he, they let his three stooges fetish kind of get a little, uh, ahead of him. It's not as I, I didn't, it, over the years, it's lessened for me. It doesn't seem quite as bad as it was in army of darkness. Because Army of Darkness is just all out, we're going to go for it and just be as silly as we want to be. Right, and I think the combination of like man out of time, leaning into the fish out of water stuff made that a much more interesting movie for me. Mm-hmm. 
because I, I like slapstick. There's nothing wrong with slapstick, but it's it's not my preferred style of comedy. And yeah, it's the splatter gore stuff. Comedy is still comedy, but that's the lowest form of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, see, and I'd love a good uh, horror comedy, and the more kind of outrageous it well, is, me too. That's the problem. But this this really wasn't to me wasn't quite that far down the path to be that category. It was more of a a horror movie with comedic elements. It wasn't like a Shaun of the Dead that it set out to be a horror comedy. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I think there are things about this, like when there isn't a dead eye on screen, I enjoy it a lot more. Like I thought the scene where all of the furniture was laughing at him and with him, <laughs> and it sort of implied that he might be going crazy. That deer th- on the wall. <laughs> I, I thought that was really neat. I thought it yeah. was a really cool scene. That is, I, I was, I'm glad you brought that up because Zach, I was watching this with Katie and when the deer head started laughing and everything started laughing, she's like, and I'm out, I'm gone. She <laughs> was like, this is the line I'm drawing. This is freaking me out. I'm done. <laughs> and then she walked off from that point. But that, yeah, where you think he's going insane. That was, that was a very effective scene where everything started laughing. And then when it snaps back and everything's just totally normal again you're not sure if he's you know how bad he's how far uh uh afraid he's gone well and the other thing that's impressive about these films to me anyway uh, from a different standpoint is the stuff that he was doing with k and b effects that was in its infancy at that point um this is back before nicotero was really anybody um is the some of the camera work and and the way that he did things and he included uh stop motion or like the scene where he's they're driving up behind his uh, Delta and they go up and in through the window and then out through the front. I mean, they were doing stuff that this wasn't CGI. This was all practical effects that they were doing. And there are crazy. a lot of cool shots and interesting and varied techniques. used. Mm-hmm. I, I did notice that on this watch and I hadn't appreciated it before. Very creative. Yeah. When it comes to getting something interesting and, and just a note, not that any of you will ever intentionally watch it. I love the remake, but it is. It physically makes me sick to watch it sometimes with how over the top it is. But Sam Raimi just produced it. He didn't direct it. Just throwing that out there. I didn't even know this had been remade. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's good. Yeah. I think I think you may actually like the remake better than more than you would you would expect. It's it's difficult. Yeah, he's talking to you. Yeah. There's a scene where a girl cuts her tongue in half, and it's just. It's brutal. It's hard to watch. But Bruce Campbell makes an appearance at the end, and he says groovy. Oh, well. It ties it together. Yeah. But anyway, back to Evil Dead 2. Back to what? Evil Dead 2. It's the movie we watched. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even understand what he said. (laughs) So, Pat, I mean, what what are your biggest... I mean, without getting into the TV series, I mean... Okay, first... Okay, uh, let's... uh, Where do I start? Um, Nice. hmm? I said he got notes. Nice. No. Oh, I thought you were looking at notes. No, I'm just I'm scrolling through them in my head, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't, again, like Josh said, you know, I'm not a big fan of slapstick. Um, probably less of a fan than any of the four of us, I would imagine. I'm not big on the Three Stooges at all. I you know, much prefer, you know, the Marx Brothers. Um, I don't dislike the Three Stooges because, I mean, it's still comedy and they do still have some funny bits, but it's it's just, it's not my cup of tea. I, you know, like, like Josh said, I think there's other things that, you know, I would rather watch to, if, if I want something to make me laugh. But, um, so I don't like slapstick. I don't like, um, over the top horror and I don't like campy. And that's pretty much 
all yeah. three of these things, you know, that's that's like the, the the pyramid, you know, of this whole genre, this whole um, Evil Dead franchise, you know. Um, and I'm not a big Bruce Campbell fan. I just I, I think he's a scenery truer. I don't find him all that charismatic, and I just think he, um, I don't know, his, his a lot of his dialogue is just so forced, and I don't find him to be like you know action heroy. You know, I don't know. I just the whole you know. I have a chainsaw in one hand and a shotgun in the other. It just, I, I don't know. I'm not into the whole, I've never been, and we've discussed this before. I've never been a fan of cool for cool's sake. And that's what this whole movie feels like to me. Like there's no reason or rhyme behind almost anything. They is just loosely threaded together plot just so we can get to the next shot. I got an idea for this shot. I got an idea for this special effect. So let's just loosely tie some plot in there to get us to the next, whatever I've got set up to shoot. Wow. Um, I'm not going to say I entirely disagree with him if you think about the uh, way the story, such as it is, kind of ties together. It does seem like what story there is is justifying the next effect sequence or uh, comedy sequence or combination of the two. Right. I mean, this is a movie all about reaction shots, special effects, and then a reaction shot, and then special effects, and then a reaction shot. And and then we'll have some dialogue in there to get us to the next set of, of special effects and reaction shots. And I'm not going to disagree with you that Bruce Campbell is a is a scenery chewer. That's that's his that's his gig. That's what he I mean, does. And, and, and I'm not saying he's not perfect for this role and this franchise. I mean, it's it's a it's a perfect match of you know medium and and you know talent. But it's just not my cup of tea. I can appreciate it for what it is, but I just I have no interest in getting involved in it, getting you know getting into it, whatever you know. I and don't. Bruce know. Campbell seems like a guy I'd like to hang out with. On the yeah. side, you know, but I don't know that I'd agree that he's not charismatic. I mean, when he, he's got some other roles where he's not quite as over the top, I don't know if you've seen him in Burn Notice or heck, even in uh, Hercules. No, I cut this kind of soured me on him and I never saw anything else. With him. Then you need to watch Burn Notice. Well, the one I've heard that I would really enjoy from you, Mike, and from other people is that uh, Western one he was in. Bruce Ken- or Briscoe County Jr. That- yeah, that one. That's yeah. the one that most people say I should watch to fall in love with him yeah let me know i got the box set so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you were ever a hercules or xena fan back in the day oh i do i do know that he was a a bit character on those shows yeah right yeah he played to me is always going to be joxer oh yeah who did he play on on hercules he was the the he was a thief the the king of thieves or something like that Yes. Yeah, he's right. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, wasn't it? And he actually had a sh- uh, show for a short time too. They I think. tried to spin it off. Yes. Yeah. I remember. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, and I actually, you know, a funny story. Um, up in Chicago, I know a guy or I know a girl that used to be actually friends with him, and I had a couple opportunities to hang out with him, and I didn't go for one reason or another. I just unfriended you on Facebook. I don't <laughs> even know you. Because because um, she was like really really good friends with Robert Zadar, <gasps> and um. And he, you know, whenever Bruce Campbell would come into town, he would hang out with Zadar. And she, you know, and if she got invited, she'd call me up and be like, hey, you want to come hang out? And I think I was working both times or something. You know, I couldn't do it. But You know what? Okay. The only thing that would make this better is if you right now told Joel that you got to hang out at a party with Bruce Campbell and Robert Zadar. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now. And he would, he would explode. A bit of a retraction here. Uh-oh. Jack of all trades is entirely separate from Hercules and Xena. Uh, it's oh. not remotely in the same time period. It's 1801. Oh. But it was still Bruce Campbell, right? Oh, it was yeah. still Bruce Campbell, but he was not playing the same character. Huh. Okay. I stand correct. 
Yeah, I knew he was a master thief in both, so I, I fell for that as well. But now that I look at the poster for it, it's like, oh, yeah, this was more like American, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt era. Oh. I, did, I just remember the show being being hyped. That's all I, yeah. Well, and with the, this film and, well, these films in general and Bruce Campbell, obviously, it's no secret that I love him and, and love the films. I've got the, uh, the comic books for this. I've got, you know, a... Uh, action figure. I've got all the movies. I've written uh, an article about how I feel that this is the only franchise that's been successful throughout without any duds so far. Knock on wood. Um, and I just, yeah, this is this is my wheelhouse. So, I, but I respect everybody else's opinions. I, I didn't expect Pat to like it, and yeah, I already I mean, knew Mike. It's, was- it's like, like certain things like rub me raw that kind of uh, that you know, like. Okay, the, the movie starts. He's he's at the cabin with his girlfriend. We find this book. Oh, you know, we find the the reel to reel. We find the book. We start chanting this stuff for some reason, and then immediately, the without any kind of build up of character or anything, the girlfriend is dead. He cuts her head off, and the only reason that even happened was just so they could have a really shitty stop motion claymation scene of her dance around, flipping her head around. I mean, it's just it's, it's like like the whole thing of the girlfriend. She was only there so they could have that one scene. I mean, I, I didn't like the pacing with regards to how she was killed, but I don't know that I agree that the effect was shitty, especially for the time. You guys realize that all that was retelling the previous film, though. Yeah, yeah. That was just no, leading I don't, up to where he, he's on his own, and he's just been released from being possessed, and the other people show up and are like, what are you doing in the cabin? And it picks up from there, because all that stuff happened in the first film. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't see the first film, yeah, you're going to be a little perplexed, but that's basically the the abridged version of what happened. Oh, well, then that solves all plot holes I have, and I'm good with this movie, totally. So. <laughs> I'm not saying that yet, <laughs> I'm just saying that you gotta, you're got you taking it out of context. It, 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 I see what you're saying. If you just walked into it and you're like, hey, what's this? You'd be like, uh, okay, what? <laughs> but I, uh, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when he's trying to decide or he's being attacked and all of a sudden they edit in him saying work shed. And then he goes out there and there's the chainsaw that is missing from the wall, that there's a chalk outline. Yeah. It just seems like that. Drive, like just drive oh, I love it. Yeah. See, that was the work shed thing when, um, they work did, shed. uh, escape from New York, uh, the escape from LA where Bruce Campbell was the, he was a plastic surgeon, the plastic whatever. surgeon guy. Yeah. When, um, they started the first the first day of shooting. Uh, God, what? I just lost his name, Joel. Snake Pliskin. <laughs> Kurt, Russell? Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell came up to Bruce Campbell, shook his hand, and just said, work shed. <laughs> well, we were in high school. We'd walk by each other, and we'd just be like, work shed, just randomly. That's awesome. Because yeah. it's so out of place. But it's become synonymous with the series. It's just part of it now. Well, and it's. I think they did a good thing in switching over from the... Uh, the full-on gore of Evil Dead, the first one, to making this one a little bit more, making it more slapsticky. You know, I think that that led into Bruce Campbell being able to chew the scenery even better, if they, that's possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that Pat's issues and mine are very similar, only I like them in spite of the issues. They mm-hmm. weren't quite enough. Yeah, yeah I like the film overall. Yeah, they, it, it didn't break. Yeah. I think I like the things that are positives about this more than you did. And I hate the same things you hate, but not as intensely. I would agree with that. Probably. Yeah. Well, 
there's an ongoing thing about Sam Raimi wants to do a uh, wants to make his own Three Stooges film, but just hasn't yet and probably won't just because he's a little bit too well respected and does stuff that people get behind. Uh, probably that wouldn't be a thing anymore. But you, uh, um, Henrietta, which his brother, who is an actor in his own right and is very enjoyable to watch, um, Ted Raimi, you had something about that, Mike, did you say? Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that he was in that suit where he he uh, he had played um, the possessed Henrietta, the mom uh, that was in the basement. That suit, uh, first off, the they were so hot that they were, people were dehydrating all the time. Ted was in that suit, and there's a scene where Henrietta flies at Ash and winds up going sideways, and stuff pours out of her ear. It looks like just this goo comes out of her ear. It's actually sweat because Ted Raimi was sweating so badly in that that they had to empty out cups of his sweat out of the suit every night. Yeah, there's some great footage in the documentary I was talking about of that. He he would lose like 10 pounds a day um, <laughs> of just just sweat. And uh, he also he fell during one of the sequences and ripped the suit and they they tried to repair it and there's another scene in there that's kind of notorious where you can see uh the rip in the back of the suit yeah it's but the suit apparently you know almost killed him because just the heat thing so well at least was, the art was worth it that was his first acting gig but he's gone he's done quite a he's in all of sam's movies of course but he's done uh, other stuff on his own too i think one of my favorite roles of his is he was in the grudge too he's and, like he's uh, like clint howard He's he's awesome. He's better looking than Clint Howard. Well, everybody is. <laughs> Even not, Steve Buscemi is better looking than Clint Howard. Not Jeb Howard, the third brother. But they, they just got progressively worse as they were born. Jeb <laughs> Howard works for the circus. I mean, Rance Howard is no prize as it is their dad. Uh, but anyway. How do we get into the Howard family and how hot they are? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but let's stay here for a while. Yeah, Ron Howard's so hot right now. That was the worst Andy Griffith it's I've ever heard. Hard to whistle right now. Shut up. That 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 was almost like Space Quest. Do you use your balls to whistle? <laughs> no, my lips are dry. <laughs> I need some water. <laughs> no one's gonna get that besides us, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> just just stop. Stop doing that. Yeah, you're you're fucking up all the volumes. Yeah, you're, you're what? That makes even less sense. I'm just, I'm just using words. All words. right, I'm calling break. This is <laughs> we started. Okay, we've gone from Evil Dead to Andy Griffith. That's kind of a weird step. Um, yeah, so we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Ash oh, versus wait, the Evil Andy. Dead. <laughs> we may drift into the hotness of the Howard family and Joel's balls for a little bit. Yeah, but that a little bit of Mayberry RFD tossed in there. <laughs> oh my God! All right, yeah, we're done, and we'll be back in a little bit to talk about Ash versus the Evil Dead. I don't even know Woody Allen was in Space Quest. All right, so we are back. We are going to talk about Ash versus the Evil Dead, the TV show. Um, came out 2015. Yes. Uh, 15 or 18. Yeah. 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 Uh, 30 episodes. So uh, 30 years after the events of the Evil Dead, Ash is a loner living a dull existence, still not able to come to grips with the events that started at the cabin. In the event of a Deadite invasion, Ash must attach 
his chainsaw and pick up his trusty boomstick one more time, all while finally coming to terms with his past. Written by Jay Fuller on IMDb. Much better than the actual IMDb description. Though able to come to grips, no. Ash must attach his chainsaw, is hard to say. I was just about to say that. I was going to back you up on that. Yeah, that's a rough rough statement right there. Uh, One tagline is, glory, gory, hallelujah. And uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was from the second season. Yeah, it was kind of kind of clever. Um, the stars Bruce Campbell as a 30-year-older Ash Williams, <clears throat> Ray Santiago as Pablo Simon Boliviar, uh, sporting some amazing hair. Kramer pa- hair. Pa- Pablo's so awesome. He he is. He he really does make you know he he flips between that I'm I'm trying to be a hero and I'm trying just to stay alive type of thing back and forth. Uh, I actually was not expecting him, and after watching the first couple episodes, wasn't expecting him to be like the regular, like the oh yeah, the sidekick type of thing. He 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 and uh, Kelly both have some pretty major arcs throughout the series. Um, I, I yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Go on. Yep. So uh, <clears throat> Dana DeLorenzo is Kelly Maxwell, Lucy Lawless as Ruby Noby uh, for 29 episodes. Jill Marie Jones as Amanda Fisher. Arel Carver O'Neill as Brandy Barr, and tossed in here Lee Majors as Ash Williams' father, Brock Williams, which, which I think was amazing casting. Yeah, they, they they get into his naming later on in one of the later episodes with his dad. Uh, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but just before we move on to the trivia, but um, maybe it's in the trivia. Maybe I should check before I. No, go it. run with it. Uh, Lucy Lawless, this character, is the daughter of Annie uh, Noby. From the original. Oh, okay. Um, which there's some other things that happen later on that kind of question in that whole storyline. But yeah, that's <clears throat> a little bit of trivia I didn't see in here. Okay. Well, uh, to the trivia, this was originally meant to be the fourth movie, but due to so much material being written, the ma- makers decided to turn it into a television series and said, if the first season was a movie, it would have been around five hours long. Um they, uh, from what I understand, they wanted to, uh, actually, no, I, I, this is, this is what reason I know this, because it's later on in the trivia. Uh, <laughs> I gotta read what I wrote. The yellow Oldsmobile Delta 88 that Ash drives is the same make, model, and color used in most of the movies, directed by Sam Raimi. The original car belongs to Sam Raimi and was bought new by his father. Yeah, they had five different ones for this series, but uh, Sam still owns the original uh, that was in... All of the first films. Nice. Appeared periodically in other films. Same make and model and five years older than my first car. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah, I had to, my first car was a 78 Oldsmobile Delta 88. That's it had awesome. a little cameo in uh, the Spider-Man movie, too. Yep. Yeah, it did. It did. The Sam Raimi movies, it, it seems like it, he, he ting, brings all of his buddies along whenever he does a new movie. Like the he's Spider-Man Adam movie. Sandler, he's Adam Sandler of horror. Yeah, yeah. Which it's funny you said that because he never remembers people in this name, so he always calls everybody buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Yep, that's a thing. Anyway. All right. So early in the first episode, Ash is seen performing a power slide, which is a stunt that requires a driver to steer the car into a tight turn at high speeds, apply the parking brake, which causes the back tires to lose traction in road and slide into the turn. We all know what a power slide is. I just like to read that out loud. But uh, Bruce Campbell has revealed that he was taught how to power slide by William Shatner, who performed nice. the stunt regularly on T.J. Hooker. Talk about chewing scenery. I know, right? The two of them together, there'd be no scenery left. <laughs> it's a full meal. Wow. 
Uh, Sam Raimi originally intended to follow Army of Darkness with a fourth Evil Dead movie, and the plan was which to follow the theatrical and director's cut endings of the film with a film that followed two different timelines simultaneously. Now, <clears throat> one, the director, well, let's see, the theatrical ending had Ash coming back to the S-Mart. real world, S-Mart, working at S-Mart, which kind of leads into Ash versus the Evil Dead. But there's another ending where, he, as he does, he loses count of how many drops he takes to put him to a sleep to wake up in the now and winds up uh, waking up in a post-apocalyptic world. Yep. Hmm. He's got a, like a Rip Van Winkle beard. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, he wakes up and everything's all destroyed and torn up. And it's it was him, I guess the idea was to have him be in this movie as fighting the Deadites in Mad Max world. Which, incidentally, if the series would have continued the fourth season, that would have been the fourth season. Yes. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell announced that with the cancellation of Ash versus Evil Dead, it would mark the end of him portraying the character Ash Williams for good. Uh, on I'm going to add on here on film and TV because he actually this last week announced that he's going to be voicing Ash as a character in a video game. Hmm. So, yeah, which the, uh, the remake that I mentioned earlier in the first half, uh, there's, uh, there was loose talk at periods of tying the two together since they do technically are tied together anyway, but that like making a movie where they were together, but it would have been strange because, as slapsticky as a god versus how serious the other one is would have felt odd, but that won't happen now. Mm. Wow. Yeah, uh, originally they had tested out the ending of um, Army of Darkness with him waking up uh, in the dark future, post-apocalyptic, and they decided that was too too dark for a movie about evil reanimated skeletons running around. Well, and you miss some really good stuff if you don't have the S-Mart ending. Oh yeah, the S-Mart ending is fantastic. You know, I so, think... I think that's and that's that's kind of cool because they also have uh, Raimi's brother in there at the end of the. Uh... Okay, so what is the S Mart ending? Because I haven't seen Army of Darkness. Oh really? <clears throat> yeah. Oh wow. Well, he wasn't really a fan. He said. So. Yeah. So, you want to roll it? Let I mean, him... I was kind of glad my mom interrupted that movie. I mean, I wasn't really into it. Well, they, it's Army of Darkness is all in the medieval era with like yeah, dead eyed harpies and. Yeah, I'm, I'm at least familiar enough. Like, I know, like, that. this is my boomstick and blah, blah. I know where that comes from, you know. Well, I, and I, he, he fucks up the uh, chant from the Necronomicon to go back originally. And it, it doesn't quite wipe out the evil. But he does end up back in the present. And he's working a, a dead-end retail job at S-Mart. Oh, uh, okay. And when the, the dead, uh, when the deadites attack... He's in his like retail worker clothes, and he, he grabs the shotgun and gets ready to go to war, basically. Yeah, mm. saves the girl, and it basically it sets it up for a fourth film. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And, and, and that's and how that's, the movie ends, like kind of like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they kind of do that with all the movies, where you know the first, well, not so much the first one, but uh, you know the second one, it ends with him getting thrown back in the past, and Army of Darkness picks up literally with the same scene. Which, incidentally, Ted Raimi is the knight that uh, starts a chant at the end of Evil Dead 2. He wasn't yeah. sweating as much, so I didn't recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he was the one that raised his sword in the air and started chanting. So, this show, what's interesting is while it retains all of the things I don't like about the franchise, it's got a ton more of the things I do like. And it's amazing how much of a difference you have when the characters who aren't Ash Williams are actually fully developed characters. It really changes 
I think in a good way, the uh, flow of the way the stories are told without losing, like, like if it didn't have the stuff I didn't like, it wouldn't be evil dead. So, so I can tolerate it. Even if I don't, if I'm not a hundred percent on board, but going, going a little bit further on the extreme of that is that's part of the problem I had with it is like almost too much character development because when I start caring about the fact that they're just straight up killing deadites because they used to be people with personalities and shit, that I mean, in my opinion, that's kind of a little bit of a problem with your with your world, like because I just kind of accepted it at one point. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Josh, but I no, just, it's fine. Um, I kind of accepted it at one point that I'm going to be like, okay, they're just going to keep randomly killing these people that get you know get possessed by demons because there's just nothing they can do for them. And then later, suddenly you find out, oh, no, you can exercise them and you can get them out and everything and go back to normal because you're a main character. But if you're not a main character, fuck you, let's just chop your head off. And I, and, and it just kind of, I mean, and I was, I was like, why am I feeling such a conflicted morality or moral, you know, whatever, watching this stupid-ass show? <laughs> well, but Pablo and Kelly, I don't know how far you got in the first season, but... I got to the sixth episode. Kelly was possessed by an actual demon, not by a deadite. And uh, Pablo. One thing I was wondering if there was some kind of little, you know, there, there are rules in the world. Yeah. No, there's not. There are because the, the deadites are basically like rule number one: always be cool, like zombies, essentially. Um, but they're sentient and they are, you know, being ruled by the evil. But the the demons that they release from the book, at least the the main one that they uh, Elagos that possesses um, Kelly at one point is a demon it's different and uh pablo gets taken over by the book itself as a basically as a uh, conduit to bring all of um the the dead back into the world the, the evil. that's further along than i got yeah which yeah. That yeah. gets into another story I, I will grant i don't know that i 100 percent agree with joel that they they firm up the rules and it's all internally consistent but it is a hell of a lot better than it is in the films oh yeah i, I will grant that <clears throat> that they at least take a passing swipe at internal consistency for how things work in, in the universe. But I mean, if, if somebody turns into a zombie, you in, in most films that are about zombies, you can't change them back. Now there are exceptions to that. There are some movies that break that rule, but it's the same philosophy with this. Once you've been turned into a deadite, because at that point there's no, you can chain them up and play Xbox with them. That's about it. <laughs> in Shaun of the Dead, but like in something like uh, uh, Warm Bodies, or yeah, Warm Bodies, the one where um, the they start coming back. Love, love turns them back into. <clears throat> eye Zombie isn't there like a way to? Oh well, Eye Zombie in general, so long as they get brain supply, they uh, are still mostly human. They just have cravings. It's only when they starve that they go full zombie. Uh, Full, well, not full-on full on zombie mode. Something different. They they call them Romeros. <clears throat> <laughs> nice. When they uh, when they are no longer. Did you come back from that? Like if they eat, then would they revert? No. Uh, you know, feeding them brains no longer does anything once you've gone Romero. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I real. I'm big into <laughs> iZombie. I'm 100% caught up on that season. But that's not the show we're talking about. No. Now we're getting into zombies, which is a separate thing. But I'm just trying to give some something you can understand as far as why there's a difference between because all the characters that they kill in the show that aren't main characters that are, you know, protected by plot, there's, there is a reason why they are able to not just become fodder. Um, well, and you could even go so far as to say that, uh, 
some of them, like Ash isn't the sort of guy. He's not responsible enough or respectful enough of most other human lives to stop and check whether someone's a deadite or a demon. His first reaction is probably to blast something with his shotgun. Oh, well, yeah. Think later. First, think never. Or never, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in that case also, I mean, his with all the crap that he's had going on, I mean, how can you blame him? You know, you got somebody who's just grown, you know, teeth out of their eyes. It's, you know, it doesn't matter who it was before that they have now have eye teeth. Yes. I mean, I, I know. <laughs> Grandma used to say. I know there's no direction in no world where this, you know, this whole franchise would go in this direction. And it's not even like the purpose of it. But I think at some point it would be good if Ash developed some kind of morals instead of just being a, just a, a straight up killing machine. Like if you come at me, you're just going to die. At some point, he, you know, it would be nice if the franchise was like, "Hey, maybe I, maybe I should think about whether I should kill something." Oh no, it's dead. Well, the thing is with with Ash is that essentially he's not a very likable person I, by his actions and his attitude and his everything. You know what? Yeah, you're right about that, and I think that's kind of what threw me in the whole thing. But because Bruce Campbell is so charismatic, and because the character is so over the top and just kind of out there, which has been a progression over the course of the films. And the TV show took it to a whole nother level. He, you still like him. Right. He's smarmy. And you're like, I would not want this guy in my life, but I don't mind him on my screen. Right. He's fun to watch. Do what but he does. Because I, th- I think that's kind of what threw me, like I said, because, you know, I hear so many people always talking about, you know, Ash and Bruce Campbell and all this kind of stuff. And I expect him to be more likable. Not more like guys that I know that are grifters, you know? Well, but why do you love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? And there's no redeeming qualities to any of those characters. But yeah, you still want to watch, you know, five, six seasons of it. Oh, yeah. As do I. Right. And that's exactly what is happening here. No, it's not funny. It is. Well, the show is anyway, a lot more than the movies. The show was better than the movie. I will give it that. The movies grew into that, but. I mean,. I, I was finally, I was glad when that one demon finally showed up. I'm like, all right, this is finally something that's not like meet the feebles type makeup and over the top, you know, ridiculous that, you know, the demon with the chatter mouth that his, you know, that was, that was Elegos. Cool special yeah. effects. What? Elegos. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm with you, Pat. The, the only thing that turned me off on this was the continual splatter horror that they could not have removed without making it evil dead. But it was enough that like, I, I watched all of the first season and part of the second season, and I, I was not uh, necessarily looking forward to watching any more. Even though, I, like you, I liked this more than the movies, with the possible exception of Army of Darkness. Well, and if you go back and, and watch, well, you won't, but if you ever go back and watch the, the first film, uh, Ash is a totally different person. I mean, much more normal. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, doesn't have the same attributes that. I mean, I could, I, I guess, I could understand that he mm-hmm. kind of snapped an Evil Dead too, and like he's a little bit office hit, office rocker and blah blah blah. So, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's been a change. It's been a gradual change over the the course of the films. You know that he wasn't always that guy. Well, and he's kind of picked up aspects of some other characters that he's played because many of <clears throat> his characters are grifter type, uh, charismatic but not very good people. And and it's just I feel like in a way we're back into the whole trap of the movie where the the plot is secondary to just getting to the next scene because I mean like the entire driving plot for this whole thing is like just one random night he got high with some random woman and they they just read the, you know out of the Necronomicon 
where in the hell, why in the hell, what the hell, you would never ever in any reality do that, knowing what the hell could happen. Well, I mean, a hell of a drug. Yeah, he is incredibly <laughs> irresponsible, is one thing that is a fairly <clears throat> new development for the TV show. It's, but I don't, I, I don't think you're going to wait, you know, 30 years and then finally, you know, if, you, if you've waited 30 years, you're never going to touch that book again. Okay, that's fair. That it, the uh, timing is convenient, that it just happened and had never almost happened before. Yeah, and it's just lazy writing, you know, it's just like, well, whatever, we don't really care. It's not about, you know, the plot. Let's just move on. But well, they had to have some way to start the show. Sorry, yeah, that's right. They, yeah, they, do, they just like, just throw something down on some paper, make it. You know, it doesn't have to really you know resonate. Just make it make sense. Well, you need and it some, was funny. Oh, sorry, Mike. Yeah, so you need something to push that boulder down the down the hill. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. I I thought they were gonna rip a page out of it and try to roll a joint out of it, and I, that would have been hysterical. And they you know they smoked the Necronomicon, and that's what set it off. That would have been even better. But nope, they didn't even do that. This is why you need to write for the show. <laughs> if it was still around um but in, in even in the the original it wasn't them reading from the book that started the chain of events it was the fact that they played the tape recorder with her the father reading it, yeah. reading it and that started the whole thing off again but doesn't it make sense then if it was already recorded it would have already been done and everything would have already been possessed you didn't need to read it again well his wife was possessed yeah and the thing, but only by the second reading. I mean, the first re- when when you show up to the cabin, you should automatically get possessed. Well, the I, thing I wandered think, off, oh. I guess. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like the original archaeologist did summon it, and it was sort of like you hitting the buzzer to say, "Hey, yeah, there's more people here." By the way, time to get to uh, get to work. Yeah, but that's that's the movie. That sounds TV. Yeah. Um, see it. Well, obviously, I'm a fan, so I. I just found it to be a lot of fun. Great soundtrack. Again, Sam Raimi did the first couple episodes to kind of set the tone. Um, there's great special effects. It's funny. It's And it's only a half an hour, so it's not like you have to commit a lot of time to it. Because um, if they would have tried to do a full hour show, I don't think it would have worked as well. Or it would have had to been a shorter season. Yeah, um, that's certainly true. Plus, then you add Pablo and Kelly, and they're both... I mean, they, they kind of temper Ash's worst qualities... And they, and they give them some good good lines too. Yeah, you know it's they, not like all it's it's not like the Ash show like the movie was. It was all the all the lines you know give me some sugar baby you know all that sort of thing all came from all came from Ash. I think the first point that had me uh, had me sold on um, Kelly's character is after they go to the house and he kills mom and dad. You know after they get uh, possessed, he digs the graves. Put, and then the last thing he throws those crosses in the ground, and Kelly looks at him and goes, "You know we're Jewish, right?" <laughs> it's just these little the little snips. I mean, I like I like the fact that uh, Pablo and Kelly aren't just sidekicks. I mean, they are the sidekicks, but they have their own plot lines. They have their own um, motives. Yeah, the motives. Like it's, uh, you didn't get this far on the show, Pat, but later on, Pablo has some really weird shit happen to him. Um, and he becomes a little bit more of a key, a keystone to the, to the plot line. But, um, no, I, I'm glad they spread out the snarkiness that normally is reserved totally for Ash. Yeah. And even though I didn't get anywhere near season three, hearing its cancellation, I was like, you know, this wasn't a hundred percent my thing, but I'm sad that it's gone, especially now hearing where they were going to go. Yeah. I, I was hoping that they would get to that fourth season because, I'd like to at least see them bring it to a, a continuation 
where they can end it and just say, okay, if this is it for the character, let's send him out with a, with a nice ending. This is it. There is no more and just call it a day. Cause otherwise it's going to have this kind of res- unresolved thing. And you know, are they going to in 15, 20 years from now try and resurrect it again? You know, Bubba Hotep style where he's old now. I, I hope not, but I, I'd watch it. <laughs> um, and admittedly, I haven't seen the last four episodes of the third season, it comes out on Blu-ray on Tuesday, so I'm waiting to to pick it up and finish the last four episodes. So I don't know how they actually end it. But Pablo's character, as you get into the second and third season, becomes even more integral to the storyline, um, even more so than he does at the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. So, and they they do keep the gore level yeah. at eleven on this too. I mean, it's yes. <laughs> with with every uh, episode starting with a blood splatter across the screen that matches up with the logo, which is pretty cool. But there's some yeah. later on. There's some like when they're in the basement, uh, when that thing happens. I I I'm, I'll keep going back to what happens to um to Pablo when uh, they start the the children come back. You mean children? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a really good episode. It was. It was a great episode, but it was hard to watch. Um, <laughs> Those little demon kids are, are are scary. And that's one of the things that I really appreciated about the show is that even though they went more for the, the sight gags and the humor, there are some legitimately stuff on there that's scarier than a lot of the movies that are out there being made or that the setups are um, are just genuinely frightening scenes. And I appreciated that. Because it tempers the rest of it nicely. Mm. I know Pat would disagree, but this wasn't made for Pat. It's not for you, Pat. Yeah. Damn right about that. <laughs> uh, but well, At least I finally saw the ending of Evil Dead 2. Yeah, now you can go to your grave happy. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bring the show up there, Joel. Now you can go to your grave? Oh, don't go to your grave. Done. Stop listening yeah. to Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you come back as a deadite, I'll be sure to dispatch you i probably wouldn't i'd probably thanks i guess no i don't think you would yeah i can't i can't see you being the dispatching type joel despite all your horror knowledge no probably not i'd be the first one to go (laughs) (laughs) most likely uh but um well and and lucy lawless let's give her a little praise because she was pretty awesome in that as uh uh ruby and i love the the twist at the end of season one Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to get me too deep into season two, but I did enjoy that bit. What are they, brother or sister or something? No. Mm. no you're never going to watch it. And, uh, no, I don't care. And it's been around long enough. I don't feel that we have to worry too much about spoiling. But yeah, she she's pretty much evil. Yeah. Oh. She, she wrote the book. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, see? See what That's, you're missing out on? That is a good twist. Yeah, it was, it was a really nice twist. After she has tricked Ash very simply into handing the book over to her. She then essentially gets back what was hers and things go from bad to worse. Explains why that, the, the, yeah, the skeleton of, um, the shaman was like, you'll never get your hands on that. You know, they'll never let you get your, there. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the, and that character comes back in the form of, uh, uh, visions later on, which I like that character anyway, but, um, as Pablo becomes more of what he becomes eventually, that Brugo comes back quite a bit. I have to edit that in post. He's he's talking to background Phil. <laughs> Tell background Phil we said hi, Mike. I think he might have muted himself. Whoop! Sorry about that. I was coughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody heard that. So I think we're ready for thumbs up, thumbs down on that note. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, mine for last for the surprise. Yeah. So, uh, Joel, thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> Another shock. I know, right? Obviously, thumbs up all the way around. This is, like I said, I wrote a, an article about how I feel this is the most solid franchise that's out there um, that is now. Yeah, for me, it's a uh, less than enthusiastic thumbs up for Evil Dead 2, but a pretty solid, if tarnished, thumbs up for the series. And yeah, uh, I will go thumbs down for both. Big shocker. Uh, right, you can, yeah, you can give us your surprise. No, I'm I'm thumbs up, but I'm not. If it's on, I'll watch it type of thing for Evil Dead 2. But I'm not gonna like have my Evil Dead day every month. Um, the the series, I think it's fun. It's it's good. You know, it's uh, you know, that cheesy fun that you love. So I I'm giving it a thumbs up. Well, we had a good spread this week. Yeah. Well, no, I All didn't right. think Pat was gonna like it. Honestly. No, no I, but we needed the counterpoint. Yeah, I never had any preconceived notions that Pat was going to be like, "Oh my God, that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life." So what do we have on? Like that. What do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? I think we need to do some cleaning. Clean this shit up. Yeah, spring cleaning, cleaning, cleaning the locker, cleaning the house, cleaning the we yard. Clean room. Yeah. So, yeah. From not cleaning our rooms to maybe cleaning our houses next week. Cleaning the cleaning the garage. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. If, you want to give us your thoughts on Ashley, Joanna Williams, and uh, his fight against the Deadites. Tell us why we're right, why we're wrong. You can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yeah, and our older stuff. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, oh, sorry, iTunes, sorry. Blueberry, Stitcher, Talk to Podverse FM, NoonFM.com. I was going to say, so let's close out the show by, Joel, why don't you explain to us why he is named Ashley Joanna? No. Yes, I want to know. <laughs> no, you got to watch it to find out. All right, fuck, I don't care that much. That, so. that privileged information requires yeah, another I, 10 hours of I don't give that much of a shit about it, so I'm not worried. <laughs> Is it a boy named Sue thing? It's a boy named Sue thing. Basically. That's, that's basically what I assume, yeah. yeah. If you hmm. see who his dad is and how their interaction is as a family, yeah, it's pretty much a... a there you go. Thing. Mystery right. solved. Yeah, I can go to sleep now. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> we did the same thing. Uh, I love you guys. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> some sugar baby. Groovy. All right. Thanks for listening. Works we'll be- <laughs> Works head to you too. <laughs> <laughs>